take your Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. The book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, in my mind, uh, these three graduating seniors, um, Emma doesn't know it. I remember when she was a baby. I remember when she just come along and her mama would hold her and carry her and her dad. And uh, that's been just a day or two or maybe two or three weeks ago, hadn't it, Emma? I mean, that's been a... I knew you long before you knew me. I've known your mom and I've known your dad most of my adult life. And um, good people. God's blessed you with a good family. And then I was reminiscing. I, I tried to write them each um, a letter uh, yesterday. And I remember uh, Jamie and Colby. I think I made mention of this recently. Um, a lot of years ago, a lot of years ago now, uh, we made a, made a picture together. And, and they were just about this tall. That's been a few feet ago, hadn't it? And now here they are. Uh, towering young men and uh, time's moving time's moving and uh, the bible teaches us redeeming the time the days are evil and certainly they are first timothy chapter four as you find verse 12 would you stand if you can and will would you stand with us please we'll read down through verse number 16 i'm taking some thoughts where i've preached in this text before through the years mentioning um the ordination service we were in a couple of weeks ago. I've preached from this particular passage in preacher ordinations a handful of times through the years, but I'm interested in the reach of an exemplary life this morning. It's amazing how many people you influence across your lifetime and how many people influence us. First Timothy 4, verse 12 to 16, Let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself Holy to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Thank you for standing. I'm not going to deal with the pastoral part that Paul gives to Timothy in his charge here that he gives to him. But I do want to lift a portion of this text and deal with this thing of, of influence. In 2018, um, uh, we understand that the average lifespan of an American was 78 and a half years of age. A hundred years prior to it, it was 36 and a half years uh, of age. It's estimated that across your life, no matter, uh, well, it depends on where you live, whether you live in a rural area or you live in a major city, that you'll probably look into somewhere between 900,000 to 42 million faces across your lifetime. 
It's believed that uh, we all average about 27 conversations a day that last at least about 10 minutes time. So don't ever underestimate your sphere of influence and whose lives you may be influencing. A pastor uh, was at, uh, standing at the door at the close of a service, and a man and lady, a married couple in the church, approached him and took a bit of his time and talked about their neighbors who had moved in next door. The lady was leading the conversation and said, Pastor said, um, they really don't believe what we believe about the Bible being the Word of God, and and I'm concerned about their souls and concerned for their eternity. Can you recommend a book? He said, I think I can. He said, open your Bible uh, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 2 and read it to me. And she read aloud that verse which says, Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. And then he admonished her that the greatest book that they could read would be the book of her life and the life of her husband's living for God and walking consistently before the neighbor that they were concerned for. There's really no potential, no, no idea of the, the potential that, that one life uh, can reach. Your influence and mine are uh, something we all ought to be mindful of. We touch the lives of our family members. We touch uh, the lives of our co-workers, our classmates, our church family, our friends, our neighbors, uh, our communities. We touch many lives. All of us do. Sometimes we think we spend our days and perhaps maybe make no effect on other people, but the Bible even teaches us that no man lives to himself, nor does he die to himself. When we read these verses in 1 Timothy chapter number 4, Paul is giving this charge to Timothy to live an exemplary life. He's a young man at the time of this writing, and people could have looked upon him, not given credence much or weight or substance much to perhaps what Timothy had to say. And he said, son, you're going to have to live that down. If you'll live your life the way that God has ordered for you to live your life, you'll overcome this business of your youth, um, being a, an example to others in, in Christian living and Christian witness is something that, that we all want to do. I was thinking about when I was going back over this text, uh, the recent two or three days, I was thinking about preaching over at Kirkville Baptist Church some years back, and uh, Brother Henry Jenkins was the pastor, and he announced that I uh, was the pastor of Charity Baptist Church. And so at the close of the service, there was a lady come up to me. She said, Charity Baptist Church in Pontotoc. I said, yes, ma'am, in Pontotoc. She said, so you have to know Jay Pruitt. I said, yeah, I know Jay Pruitt. I said, how do you know Jay Pruitt? She said, I work for Renaissance Bank. And she said, let me tell you about Jay Pruitt. She said, there's three things we know about Jay Pruitt. She said, number one, we know he loves God. Number two, we know he loves his family. And she said, number three, we know he loves his church. And I thought then, and, and that I hadn't thought about that, Brother Jay, hadn't thought about that till yesterday. Really, I was sitting at my desk and was uh, considering this text. And I thought, what a testimony to influence people in the workplace in such a way that they know you love God, they know you love your family, and they know that you love your church family. What Paul is telling Timothy to do is, is to lead the way, knock out a path, set an example, leave a pattern, mark out a, a path for someone else to follow. 
You remember Paul in Philippians 1 in verse number 12, one of his four prison epistles. You remember he wrote in chapter number 1 of Philippians in verse number 12. He said, but I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. That word furtherance is an interesting word. It's a word that, as a matter of fact, it comes from a verb which speaks of clearing the path. The idea would be when the army is, is on the march, uh, out ahead of them is a group of men that's clearing the way. Uh, they're getting rid of the underbrush, the trees. They're, they're, they're going to make uh, the army that's on the march, they're going to make things easy for them uh, to travel through right behind them. They're moving anything, removing anything that would impede the progress. I've shared with you on two or three different occasions about many years ago preaching it. Crossroads Baptist Church up in Faulkner, Mississippi, where Brother Ani Ralph is the pastor. We preached from a Sunday night to a Friday night. And on Friday night, we were the last ones to leave. Amanda and I, Brother Ani, and his wife and his children. His children are now grown, been grown for a number of years now. And I talked to him about the liberty, the sweetness in the service. And I said, the Lord's really using you, you know, Brother Ani. And he said, no, I can't take credit for that. He said, Brother Wayne McKee was here for a few years And he really made the way for me. There was a bit of trouble and he stood the ground. And now I've been able to come in and with some liberty, I have been able to pastor the church now. When Paul wrote that verse, Philippians 1, 12, But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. What he is saying is is that, that he has paved the way. He did what he did so that Timothy and others now uh, can follow. He's influencing uh, the path, and so he's admonishing Timothy to do the same. Paul has lived exemplary before others, and he, again, charges Timothy to do the same. Philippians 3 and 17 says this, said, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them uh, which walk so as you have us for an example. Thank God for those that have... That, that have uh, made a path for us, right? Thank God for those who have, uh, who have gone before us, those who have labored in days gone by, and we follow on their heels now uh, in the work of uh, preaching the gospel. First Timothy and Second Timothy were books that were written to young Timothy. We believe he probably pastored in about five different areas, but at the time of the writing of these two books, he was pastoring uh, there at Ephesus. And Paul's investing in his life. As a matter of fact, the model for that is found in the Lord Jesus himself. The Lord Jesus took 12, right? And one of them was a devil. He took 12 and he invested himself into those 12. Now, he had many followers at different times, but it was those 12 that he chose to be near him. Brother Jay's doing a study on the Lord's apostles in Sunday school. If you're missing it, I'm telling you, you are missing a rich study. But the Lord invested himself in those 12. Did you know Paul and men after him have followed the same pattern? As a matter of fact, Paul would write in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Listen to what he wrote. He said, In the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, he said the same. He said, Nothing new, the same. If we're not preaching the same word that the apostles gave to us, We're not preaching the word of God. He said, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. 
in preparation for a couple of services, a, a service a couple of weeks ago, I looked up at those, just some of those that Paul invested in. You'll recognize some of their names. He invested in Timothy. He was from Lystra. He invested in Titus. He invested in Silas and Barnabas. He invested in Luke, the beloved physician. He invested in the life of a man by the name of Gaius and Aristarchus. Uh, Secundus, Sopater of uh, Berean, church after church and Christian uh, after Christian. Uh, Paul is leading Timothy to leave an influence. I wonder what you would leave behind today. We used to pastor a fellow, if I mentioned Elton Williams, some of y'all know him. He, uh, he, uh, he loved to sing. And the pianist got to him a magnifying glass. His, his glasses looked like uh, the bottom of, of those old Coke bottles we used to drink out of when we put our peanuts in them. Y'all remember those Coke bottles, those old glass Coke bottles? Brother Elton's glasses looked about like that. And the pianist bought him a magnifying glass. And he'd get up and sing that song so often. What will I leave behind? Leave behind. Leave behind. What will I leave behind? We were visiting with him on one occasion in his trailer, Amanda and I. We sat down in, in the vehicle and she cried all the way back to the pastor because he was such a sweet man. Had not much of this world's goods, but I'll promise you he marked my life. He marked the life of my wife. And he left a mark on everybody who knew him. There's a couple of ladies who ought to stand up and shout over that because you know I'm telling you right. Now I'm telling you he was a blessing. Brother Elton Williams was a blessing to everyone who knew him. He loved God. He served him to the best of his ability. He didn't have much physical ability, but I'm telling you, he served and served with a good spirit. 1 Timothy 1.18 says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went, uh, uh, on, went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. It wasn't the only time that Paul called Timothy his son, his own son in the faith. God had placed a call to the gospel ministry upon Timothy's life. And Paul embraced him. Paul loved him. Paul guided the young preacher. He taught him. He warned him. He exhorted him. And he lent a hand and helped the young preacher. I wonder if there's anybody that you've lent your hand to in the work of the faith. In verse number 12 of our text here, in verse number 12 he writes, Let no man despise thy youth. So it's very evident that Timothy's a young man at the time of this writing. And he's telling him, Timothy, you can earn the respect of your peer group and your elders in the faith. You can do that, but you're going to have to walk and prove yourself, and you're going to have to be consistent through the years. It'll be dependent upon how you conduct yourself. It'll be dependent upon how you handle yourself. It'll be dependent upon... Uh, how you present yourself uh, before the brethren in the faith and also before this world. And Timothy is going to serve, and he's going to serve faithfully. If Timothy's going to model consistency and stay with it, if he's going to do what's right in his action and in his attitude, he'll have to overcome this world and live an exemplary life. Do you know there are many of us, I remember some of the struggles when God was calling me to preach. I remember my background, I used that. I remember, the, I remember a few other things I used as an excuse. Do you know you can be here today and you can be from a dysfunctional background? Perhaps you're not good with the books or maybe there's some other struggle in your life. Did you know that God is pleased to take those that have handicapped, those that are 
perhaps, uh, perhaps they're not suited and fitted for the elite of this world and for such societies in this world. Did you know that God will take a life and by a consistent walk with Christ, just being faithful to him, loving him and serving him, will help you to overcome those places where you may feel like you're socially awkward or or maybe you are like Brother Elton physically. You have limits uh, uh, in your life. I tell you, may God help us to live for him. May we never be called in places of ill repute. May we never be caught up in some scandal somewhere uh, in this walk of life that would do damage uh, to the cause of Christ. Along the way, there have been many people that I've learned to respect. There are some who are in heaven that I still respect them. There are some who are, who are still left behind that I respect. Some that are up in their age, some in my peer group. I'm just a young fellow, you know, in my 20s trying to make my way. And then there's some young people that I really respect. You know who I respect? I respect those that, that have lived for God. They don't know what it is to have drugs course through their veins or something along those lines. They've not stolen anything. They don't use foul language. They just walked for God, uh, live for God and walk with God. I respect them. But I also respect somebody that's been out there in the world and knows what that's like. Maybe they were backslidden on God and they got their lives right with God. Now they walk consistently. There are older people and younger people from different facets and walks of life. There are young daddies and young mothers that I respect. I respect anybody that's trying to do something for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying to Timothy, Timothy, the proof is going to be in what you say and what you do, where you go and how you react to the different situations in life. Did you know that God has set a standard for his people and we are to be the salt of the world? We're to be the light or we're to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world? Paul tells Timothy in verse number 12, let no man despise thy youth. Look at his plea, if you will, for this exemplary life. Verse number 12. He says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. This word example means an image. It means a model. It means a pattern that somebody can follow. Is there something in your life that if one of these little ones around this church followed you into that area of your life, you would be ashamed of it? What if Christ walked on the scene? Would you have to drop your head? If there's anything like that in your life, it really needs to go. He's talking to a young pastor now. And pastors today are not to be an example of political correctness or religious tolerance, but they're to be an example of a preacher and a man of the word. Young people are not to pattern your lives after not Hollywood and the tabloids, nor what you see on Facebook and whatever else is out there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of what you see on Facebook ain't nothing but a farce. Did you hear what I said? Nobody lives a perfect life. I don't care how they come across they got problems just like you got problems. And uh, you can buy into that uh, idea. I think it's a tactic of the devil to put that mess out there. Uh, anyhow, but friend, pattern your life after the word of God and some good godly saint somewhere that's lived for God down through the years. Our testimony ought to be a testimony for godliness. Let me ask you a question. Anybody ever helped you along the way? I got a call. I mentioned this in a recent Wednesday service. I got a call from Mr. Charlie Poe again this week with another Bible question. Mr. Charlie's up in his 80s. I'll say hello, and he'll say, Brother Kevin, and I'll say yes, and he'll say, Charlie Poe. 
And I'll say, Brother Charlie, how you doing? He'll say, well, for an 80, how many ever years old? He said, I think I'm doing pretty good. I said, well, sounds like you're doing pretty good. And then ask me a Bible question. He and I were the only two that asked questions in Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, I was buying commentaries before I surrendered to preach. We, we would study the text before we came. He and I were the only two that asked questions. We were the only two. No other man, no other lady. A lot of times we would carry the conversation out on the front after everybody would go home. Be Charlie Poe and me standing on the front. Do you know that little church? And you've heard me tell some of this before. But you know that little church influenced my life? And did you know that this church is influencing these young men and young women and, uh, that uh, sit among us, some of them not here today? But did you know how we conduct ourselves and how we handle the Lord's business and how we worship around here is making an impression uh, on their lives? I've told you in years gone by about the first time I ever shouted. You say, preacher, you think we ought to shout? You don't have to shout. You're missing out on something. You ought to go behind your house every now and then and just uh, shout hallelujah, see how it feels. It might set you free. But you know, first time I ever shouted, I was on the second row right there. We'd seen three people saved in the service. Brother R.J. Wildman was preaching revival. The first one was saved. We come around, extended the right hand of Christian fellowship. I went right back there by my wife, and I, I'm, I was crying like I was so thankful that when he'd gotten saved. While we were coming around, there was one over here the pastor had. She got saved. Well, he put her in front of the church, and here we come again. I'm crying and snotting all over the place and rejoicing. And the, while uh, this one's up, this one, there's another one trusted Christ. Brother Charlie put that one in front of the church. And I'm telling you, I done got back over there, and I was shaking like a leaf to begin with. And Brother Otis Sullivan, Brother Charlie called him Brother Ott. Brother Ott was a little build man, and he was up in his years at this time. I'm telling you, he was rejoicing and tears falling off his face. And his little right hand went up in the air and he looked straight up after he shook that young lady's hand. I don't know what I said. I don't know if I said yabba dabba do. I don't know if I said yippee. I don't know what I said. But I'll promise you, God knew what I said. I shouted for the glory of God. And I meant to shout for the glory of God. I've told you about those ladies that used to sit about where my wife or Miss Angie is seated. They all sat by one another. Sitting on the end of the pew was Miss Laura Dowdy. Uh, or was Miss Connie Twitty. Miss Connie, she, uh, every time Brother Charlie, sometimes I know it bothered some people, it always blessed me. But Brother Charlie would ask, is there anything else needs to be said? You see, some of them didn't necessarily like it. But Miss Connie, she'd stand up and she'd look over those glasses. Donald, she'd say, I just want to say God's been good to me this week. And she'd go to giving a testimony to the goodness of God and sparing her life. She never had a, never had a driver's license. Probably didn't have a whole lot of this world's goods. She's just like many pearls. She just had to be there. And that influenced my life. Sitting right beside her was Miss Laura Dowdy. The year I had cancer, back some years ago, I thought about those old saints. It was so good uh, to, a, uh, to a young father and a young mother in those days. They really didn't know us from Adam, but they loved us to, to Christ. And Miss, Miss Laura sat right beside Miss Connie. And Miss Laura never cracked a smile. You'd go to church. If you didn't know her, you'd think she was mad at everybody. She wasn't mad at anybody. She didn't laugh at the jokes. Not it. She just felt like when you come to church, she had been taught you're supposed to sit there and respect the place and respect the Lord and never question the Word of God. I remember telling that owner over uh, whenever I was, uh, whenever I was uh, going over for radiation treatments and wearing that chemo pump on my side. I remember telling that, and one of the ladies come up to me that heard me tell it and said, You know, Miss Laura's in the... You know, she's in the nursing home in Oxford. Said, didn't know it. 
And she told me where it was. And so I went by and finally found her the day I went by in the, in the, um, in the lobby. I walked up to her. I said, Miss Laura. She said, yes. I said, you don't know me, do you? She said, I don't know you. I said, that you should go to church together out at Buckhannon Church. I said, preacher boy, y'all sent me out in 92. I said, don't remember. I had a young family. Don't remember you. I said, I said, well, I come to offer a word of thanks. And she said, what for? I said, for teaching me how to love God, teaching me how to love my church, teaching me how to never put a question mark over the word of God. Your reverence touched up my life. Miss Angie, our pianist, her, her grandmother now, I see her mama, her, 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 our pianist, her mother, I see her mama in her and in Morgan, but I really see her mama in the one that played for our offering this morning. I really see Miss Onus and that little Macy. Don't you imagine? I see her. Miss Onus would shout on you. You better not get too comfortable and go to sleep. She flew around and shout and, uh, and wake you up. I'm telling you without any warning at all. You let somebody get saved, she can stand it maybe for a little bit. But here in a minute, she's liable to clap her hands and jump up and down and shout a little bit. You know, God used that, uh, it used those gray-haired saints out there in that little church to influence my life. May God do the same uh, right here around Charity Baptist Church. May we influence those who gather in with us by living a life of consistency, by living a life that, that honors Christ. May, may God use us to leave that kind of impression on the three that stood before us this morning and the so many that are following behind them. Notice the particulars of an exemplary life. Notice what Paul says. He says um, in verse number 12, he says, Let no man despise thy youth. But then he says, But be thou an example in word. Did you know that there's no place for profanity in the life of a Christian? There's no place for vulgar talk in the life of a Christian? I don't even think there's room for gossip in the life of a Christian? Do you know that gossip helps to indoctrinate people? If you don't believe it, I'll guarantee you somewhere in life somebody told you something on another and you made your mind up. You didn't know them. You made your mind up just by what you heard. Got down the road a little farther and you met that individual. Come to find out, wasn't true at all. Our speech ought to be coming that of a child of God no matter where we are in life. I remember hearing the testimony of a deacon in Pontotoc County on one of the upholster lines right here in Pontotoc. You know all the factories that have been here for years. And, um, and things got out of hand. Uh, one day on the upholster line, um, anger was um, kind of stirred. And the deacon on the, the upholster line had a lot to say and used a lot of profanity. And, uh, and I tell you, it really damaged his testimony. To the day he died, there were some men that never forgot that. I'm going to tell you, you mess your testimony up in a matter of seconds or a matter of minutes by what you say. Sometimes what you say can do you in. Sometimes what you say can take from your testimony. I remember years ago hearing of Dr. R.G. Lee, who pastored Bellevue Baptist Church for many years. The Southern Baptist Convention, a number of preachers had gathered around in a circle. And there was a man going to tell an off-colored joke. He looked over his shoulder and he asked the question, are there any ladies around? And old Dr. Lee, that southern draw, spoke up and said, no, sir, no ladies around, but there is a gentleman present today and I don't want to hear it. And I thought, what a testimony from that preacher there at Bellevue. He says, be an example in word. Then he says, be an example in conversation. That means your manner of life, the way you walk, 
where you go, what you do, how you spend your time, who you spend your time with. He says also in charity. You know what that word comes from. It comes from the word agape, speaking of love. There are many ways to be an example of the love of God in this walk of life. I was saying about Brother Fred Morris. He's 85 years old. Every Wednesday when we take missionary prayer requests, Donald Talent always mentions Brother Fred. Uh, Brother Fred and, and Miss Jeannie, Brother Fred uh, has been used of the Lord now for a number of years. Brother Fred Morris is now 85 years old. Do you know what his motto's been for years? You know how he orders every day of his life? He gets up every morning and prays that God will let him be a blessing to somebody. Let him call. Let him write a letter. Let him do something. And may God impress that upon our lives as well. The particulars of an exemplary life. We're to be an example. He tells Timothy in word, in conversation. He says in charity. Then he says in spirit. He's not talking about the Holy Spirit. But he's talking about your disposition or your demeanor. Again, how you carry yourself. Someone has said this. I forget who it was. Or I'd give them credit. That a foul and bitter spirit in a room full of people is about like a skunk spraying. You just, uh, you just can't get away from it, and it fouls the whole place up. He goes a little farther and says that, that Timothy, and therefore we, are to be an example in faith. Did you know that faith issues into faithfulness? If a man is really uh, in the faith, that will uh, be displayed in his faithful walk before the Lord. Here's what we do a lot of times. We think, oh my, it's Sunday. Church again. And the song leader gets up and announces the number. We're singing this song again. And here the preacher is. He's in a series, and here we go again. But I want to tell you something. Thank God for church, and thank God for singing, and thank God for preaching, and thank God for gathering, and thank God for the offering. May we be faithful in these days and stick to it. And then he says in purity, he says, Be thou an example in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith. And then he says... Impurity. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about moral purity. And we don't like to consider this in these days, but what he's saying is, he's saying, Timothy, you are a young man. You are a young, handsome man. You keep your words and you keep your hands to yourself and guard your life. Now, that's what he's saying. He says, in purity. The purpose for an exemplary life with this, and I'm done. Verse number 16 says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. He says, Continue in them. In other words, progress, grow, develop, develop in them. He said, For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. I'd really like to think if every preacher in the country quit, 15 years ago that I'd still be here. I'd like to think I would. I've watched a few preachers quit along the way and was able to keep going. I'd, I'd like to think that if something like that happened, I'd just, but I'm going to be honest with you, there are so many the Lord has used to influence my life, especially during the hard places in life. I owe everything I am, if there's anything, to God and to the people he has used to influence me. They've lived exemplary lives, and may we have a heart to do the same. He says, in doing this, he says, thou shalt both save thyself 
and them that hear thee. He's not necessarily talking about uh, being saved from damnation. He very well may be talking about being saved from damage to your testimony and to your life. Aren't you thankful for those faithful voices? Aren't you thankful for those faithful uh, preachers that have walked before us, deacons that have walked before us, Sunday school teachers? Aren't you thankful for those faithful saints that just showed up Never got their name put in a bulletin or on the church sign, but they were faithful. And in their faithful walk, they touched our lives. Paul's calling on Timothy to live an exemplary life. May we live an exemplary life in the day in which we live. Would you stand, please?